Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 49 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai, and I am here solo today. No Derek as my wingman. I don't have anybody else on here, but that's okay. I am excited and if any of you are of uh, our normal listeners to this podcast, then you know that I had um, my NTP, which is my nutritional therapy practitioner, finals this past weekend. I flew out to DC and was there Thursday through Sunday for a very intense uh, final workshop weekend for our written exams, uh, final exams, and our hands-on practical uh, final exams for the functional evaluations and LNT process. And then we had a couple of days of workshopping in addition to that when that was all over. But I am very proud to say that I am now officially certified as a nutritional therapy practitioner through the Nutritional Therapy Association. And I am super proud of that, guys. It was a lot of work. Let me tell you, it is super intense, but it was worth every single second of it. And you know, I, I'm I'm certified now. I it's amazing the stuff that I learned through the program. Um, you know, I've heard people say before, and I totally agree. You think you know a lot about nutrition until you do this program, and then you realize that there was so much you didn't know. So I am so grateful and thankful that um, I have that knowledge now, and I have the ability uh, to do the hands-on. Um, body work that I have learned through my training over the last, um, you know, nine, 10 months with the NTA. But I am also, and maybe even more grateful for all the amazing people that I met through this program and that I met um, in my class and that are my fellow NTPs now. Um, I mean, just, you know, I don't know if it's that way with every class that goes through the NT, the NTA program. And, and to be honest, our instructors, um, you know, kind of led us to believe that we were actually a very special class. I mean, we all really, really meshed super well. We formed some really incredibly tight relationships that I believe are lifelong friendships and relationships. And, um, you know, it makes me want to cry even right now. Um, you know, just thinking about that it's, that it's over, that that part is over. And, um, you know, I don't get to look forward to going back to, uh, to a specific workshop again, to meet with those specific people. Um, they are just amazing. I mean, each and every person that was in my class, it was amazing. And, um, you know, just such an incredible collection of human beings that are really just wanting to help other people and are just really wanting to change the world through um, nutrition and, and just, you know, our well-being and, and um it's amazing. So I met, um, you know, many, like I said, many people that I believe are lifelong friends. And, uh, you know, this past weekend for me was, was 
super memorable. Um, there was a there's a, a group of us that got pretty close knit. I mean, the whole class was close knit. But then, in addition to that, there was a, a smaller group of us that, uh, you know, I don't know, six or eight of us um, that got really super close, and we actually ended up uh, staying the entire weekend in a house um, that one of the girls um, has there in the D.C. area, and we're able to just, you know, study together, cook dinners together, hang out together, um, really connect on a much deeper personal level this past weekend, and, um, you know, it was just incredible. Uh, the girl that I ended up spending the weekend with as far as uh, roommates, you know, we all partnered up, paired up, and had roommates for the weekend. Um I was just so grateful to spend that time getting to know her on a deeper level. And, um, you know, I don't think it was any accident that we were actually paired up uh, together, even though we didn't plan it that way. We just kind of let the cards fall where they would. And and her and I ended up um, together. And, you know, just, just I'm so grateful that I got to know her and got that time with her. And uh, I think we both really opened up on a personal level. And it just made everything so much more memorable and so amazing. And um, it's just been awesome. So, uh, you know, I had a goal to uh, complete my exams with a 100%, and I came literally a hair shy of that. <laughs> so, um, you know, I really wanted that to, to really wanted to hit my goal, but man, you know, um, just feel amazing that I was able to do as well as I did and that really you know there's always that fear in the back of your mind that what if I don't pass this like I mean these were pretty you know they're pretty intense um exams I mean the amount of information we had to learn in this program is is really incredible and to my knowledge they're actually revamping this program and they're going to make it a year-long um, endeavor because it's really just too much information in the short amount of time that we were learning it but uh, so you always have that in the back of your mind like what if I don't pass it you know what if I mess up this written part or whatever so um, so you know that's kind of in the back of my mind but uh, just proud to say that it is done and uh, passed with flying colors and feeling really incredible and and uh, you know more definitely more secure in my expertise and my knowledge base and feeling like you know I really have something to offer to people that's amazing um, we actually had a registered dietitian in our class and she made it very clear to us that um, that through her uh, training as a registered dietitian, that she that that she got so much more out of the nutritional therapy program than she ever did through her RD program. So I think that is very telling. Of um, it speaks to like the caliber of education that you get through this program. So I just wanted to talk about that real quick and and just um, let you all know that I appreciate your words of encouragement. I got many many listeners reached out to me over the past weekend and with words of encouragement and. Um, and letting me know they were thinking about me and all those kinds of things. And I just want you guys to know that that really meant a lot to me. And I really drew on that during the weekend, you know, in those moments where you are feeling, you know, alone and nervous and, um, you know, and all that kind of thing. I really, you know, drew on that strength from you guys. And I really appreciate everyone that, that reached out and, and was cheering me along. I really did feel the love and it was amazing. Um, 
And I uh, just wanted to say that if anybody that has been listening to my podcast and has heard me over the last uh, several months talking about this uh, training, if you have any interest in it and you are looking um, to get more information on it and are considering, you know, going into some kind of a, uh, you know, a career that has anything to do with nutrition and specifically holistic nutrition, I just really cannot tell you um, enough how much I recommend this course. So, um, you know, I will put a link in the show notes to the uh, Nutritional Therapy Association. So if you have interest in going on their website and getting more information about it, that that you could potentially start this course on your own. It is primarily uh, online based. However, you do have to travel to um, to what they call workshop weekends where uh, you will have three or four day weekends um, of learning and, uh, and, and you do a lot of the hands-on. We, as a nutritional therapy practitioner, we do learn the functional evaluation and the lingual neuro testing procedures. And so you have to go in person to learn those skills and, um, you know, and learn how to work with your hands on another person's body to, um, you know, be able to, to, to work through those processes and that part of the training. Um, so there is some, there's definitely some classroom time that you'll be doing that. And then uh, the rest of the classroom time that you'll do is spent through like a Skype type environment where you do get online with your class and your instructors and you will do some learning that way um, pretty much weekly. And then, um, and then you do, obviously, you have to travel for your midterm exams and for your final exams. So, But they offer these classes all over the country and um, set up these workshops all over. So uh, depending on where you're located, there is probably one that's that's fairly close to you that you could even potentially drive to. And, um, and that's really exciting. Now, I did go to the one. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I, I did go to the one in Washington, D.C., um, Arlington, Virginia area, and I chose that one because for the uh, for the time period that I felt would be best for me to take the classes, that was the closest location that I felt like would be easy for me to have a direct flight from uh, CVG Airport to DCA or the you know the DC Ronald Reagan Airport. So that was a, a very quick direct flight for me. Um, I could have driven it, and I had some classmates that also live in Ohio that did drive it. Um, but I just felt that it would be easier for me to fly. So, um, so yeah, you can pretty much, uh, you can take it anywhere you want. I mean, if you, you could live in Maine and decide to take it in California, that's, that's completely up to you if you want that, uh, that commute. But, um, so anyway, so that's really great. If you want more information on that, again, I'll put a link in the show notes, but, um, you can go to nutritionaltherapy.com and then you can learn more about, uh, the classes and how you can get started on that for yourself. So, um, just can't really, I just really cannot recommend them enough. So, uh, so that's all I'll tell you guys about that. Um, that was exciting time for me. So, I definitely want to talk about that. So for this episode, I really wanted to focus a little bit on on immune and allergy stuff. And the reason I wanted to focus on this is um, I often get questions with people that are doing the ketogenic diet or ketogenic lifestyle, um, whether they've been at it for a while or they're new to it. And um, 
that they will come to me with questions about their having issues and they don't know what is causing the issues and um, and they're they're having these different reactions and, and these different things that they just, um, you know, are kind of, they just don't understand like, why is this not working for me? And it seems like everybody else that does keto is just, you know, they drop a hundred pounds in a month and, and they look great and they feel great and their hair grows six inches and their skin clears up and their, you know, their, their menstruation levels out and everything's perfect. And, and then you've got these, you know, then you have people that are like, well, that's not what's happening to me. And why is it so different for me? Why do I feel like, you know, I'm like the oddball out that this isn't working for. And really, I think the truth is, is that there's a lot of people that struggle when they go keto because they have some things going on in their body that they're not aware of. And um, and maybe once they kind of um, once they kind of start moving more to this low carb, high fat lifestyle where they're removing some of the things that do make you feel really awful and do kind of keep you in this fog or this haze, like sugar and grains and, you know, you're lowering your carbohydrates and you begin switching to being fat adapted. And so now you're using fatty acids um, to fuel your body instead of glucose. Um, You know, you can start to kind of come out of this fog and your body um, starts working really the way it was intended to work and on the fuel it was intended to be fueled on. And, um, you know, our brain, it does need glucose, although I've talked about this before, our body makes the amount of glucose that our brain needs. So even if you never eat it, um, never eat anything that provides your body with glucose, it's not a problem. Um, Your body will make that glucose. Um, But our brains are, you know, are primarily fat and cholesterol. So we need these healthy fats. It is, it is truly the preferred, preferred fuel source. Um, And for like our heart, our heart needs fat. It is the the heart's preferred fuel source. So um, when we start giving our bodies and these major systems in our bodies, what they need, we can often really start feeling good and thinking, you know, man, this is amazing. I'm out of the haze now. But what it also does is it often makes us very aware of things that are now bothering us. Um, because when we, you know, when we when we live in this standard American diet type uh, lifestyle and mindset, and that's that's where we are, we often think that the way we feel is just normal because it's common. Does that make sense? Like. Something can be normal to you um, because it's common, but that doesn't mean that it's really normal or that it's okay. So, for instance, headaches. Like I know from for most of my life, I struggled with headaches, like frequent headaches, and and would frequently get migraine migraine headaches. Um, and I mean, I'm talking the type of migraines that would make you throw up. I couldn't. Uh, I had to have no light, no noise. Um, I would feel like I was, uh, like my head was just going to explode. I mean, just immense pain. Couldn't lay my head on a pillow. I mean, it hurt to lay on a pillow. Um, I can remember just laying in bed and writhing underneath the covers just to keep it dark and um, and just would writhe in pain because I couldn't find a, a position to get comfortable in. I couldn't make the pain stop. You know, I saw doctors for migraine headaches. I was put on prescription migraine um, medication. 
and really nothing worked. Um, some things would work a little bit here and there, but but truthfully, nothing worked. Nothing ever fixed it. And the reason why is, of course, those medications aren't going to fix it. You know, I didn't have a deficiency in those medications. It wasn't. I wasn't missing that that prescription pill and that wasn't why I was having the migraines they were just going to cover up the issue right like just my body was screaming at me to to fix the issue but I didn't even know where to start so the migraines and the headaches and all those types of things those are just those are just symptoms of of a much bigger underlying issue and there could be numerous underlying issues going on. But what I want to talk about today is the underlying issues of immune and allergy problems. Um, they're very, very common. And uh, we, you know, many of us, I'm sure, can relate to the seasonal allergies where, you know, maybe spring or fall, you get congested and you, um, you know, you have a runny nose or you have a stuffy nose all the time or you have all the sneezing and and all those types of things, maybe itchy skin, Um, you can get headaches during that time, things like that. And so a lot of people are really... um, are really aware of that and they're aware of the histamine response that triggers that. So histamine is a chemical that is in uh, your immune system. It's involved with your immune system. It helps to, um, let's see, it it really helps to communicate uh, with your, between your immune system um, and your body and your brain. So it's really a neurotransmitter and um, it really helps us to, it helps, so if you, for instance, we're talking about seasonal allergies. So if you have these seasonal allergies, you may be familiar with, I'm sure you're familiar with things like um, Benadryl, um, where you would take to, it's an antihistamine or like Zyrtec and Allegra and, um, you know, all these different uh, prescription and non-prescription antihistamine medications that you can take. And um, the reason that you take these is because this neurotransmitter histamine will cause an inflammatory response in your body when um, when it detects an immune uh, uh, attacker or what it thinks is a potential attacker to your body. Um, basically, histamine is like throwing up the alarm. It's like throwing the alarm to your body, and so it'll create these issues. So histamine actually create uh, causes your blood vessels to swell and then um, your white blood cells will quickly, that allows your white blood cells to really go through quickly through the bloodstream and find and attack whatever the problem is that you're having an issue with. So um, what happens with histamine though that can actually become well, first, before we even get there, um, the if, when you have too much histamine and you have histamine buildup in your body, um, then you start having issues like headaches and that's where you can get these, uh, you get like very itchy and you can get, you know, all these types of red rashes, things like that, that are, um, that you see or you feel and that you know that you have this crazy immune response going on. But Beyond that stuff, we actually end up having, um, we can actually end up having much more severe reactions and other than those that you see. Because remember, histamine is traveling through your bloodstream and we just talked about how it creates um, or causes your blood vessels to swell so that these white blood cells can quickly travel through the bloodstream and get to where the attacker is or where it feels like it needs to be able to get to and inflame this area. 
Um, so because it's traveling through your bloodstream, if you have an overproduction of histamine and, and you've got something that is continually uh, causing this immune response that shouldn't be causing this immune response, then you can start affecting your gut, your skin, the brain, your heart, like really your entire cardiovascular system, your lungs. Um, this can have a lot of really um, big impacts in your body. And therefore, it also makes it hard to really pinpoint what is causing the this reaction, these immune reactions, because it affects so many different um, parts of your body in so many different um, ways. And so many of these symptoms of having these histamine intolerances go along with so many other symptoms for so many other problems that we could be having. Um, so it, it's, it creates, it's just a, creates a big problem, right? This is a big issue. Well, one of the things that I want to really focus on today are the immune and allergy responses, these, these responses that we can see from foods that we eat. Um, since as a nutritional therapy practitioner, that is what I focus on. Although I do the entire lifestyle, um, so I'm talking sleep and stress management and movement, you know, exercise, all those things. Um, we really focus a lot on nutrition. Um, nutrition is just affects so many different things. So today, I wanted to specifically talk about how having um, a food sensitivity or a food allergy can really affect the way your body um, is able to handle these uh, these things and how this can actually um, lead you to a histamine intolerance and an, an overproduction of histamine um, because you are continually assaulting your body and your immune system with the with uh, these foods that that it is viewing as um, that 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 uh, elicits a, an immune response in your in your body basically. Um, so a lot of us know of some of the more common things that we hear about as far as what um, causes immune responses and in people in general. And I think a lot of us understand that many people have immune responses to dairy and soy and gluten. Um, those are some of the, the, the more common ones. So, but, um, but really you can have an immune response to just about anything. Um, I mean, you could have um, an immune response to eggs. You could have a, an immune response to um, dandelion root. Um, I actually just discovered that one of my fellow NTPs this past weekend, she was having a, an immune response to dandelion root. And that was a, you know, that's a tea that we're told has so many great benefits for us. So how many of you are aware of all the wonderful things you can use dandelion, dandelion root for? And, and I recommend it frequently to people. So, you know, dandelion root is super rich in antioxidants. So we can prevent, help prevent all kinds of damage to the liver. Like if we've got... Um, if we've got liver toxicity or, um, you know, buildup of toxins in the liver or um, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, you know, things like that, we're trying to support the liver. Um, dandelion root is amazing for that. Um, dandelion root is also antimicrobial, so it can help to stop the growth of bacteria. And so um, it, 
it, there are lots of great uses in that respect that you can use dandelion, dandelion root for. It's rich in antioxidants, so um, that's another great just um, disease-fighting property of dandelion root. So um, there's there's so many many more, but but who would think that you would have a potent that that on the flip side you would have a potential sensitivity to dandelion root that can actually be causing you issues and in the case of my fellow ntp my my friend here uh, that's exactly what was happening with her so um she was um she was su suspecting that perhaps it was the dandelion root she had done a few of these um kind of tests that i'm actually going to tell you guys about here during this podcast i'm going to give you guys some tips on some tests that you can do at home by yourself that you can actually uh, do some sensitivity testing on yourself and see if perhaps you might have some food sensitivities uh, that are causing your maybe your weight gain. They could be causing you to hit a plateau. They could be causing keto to not work for you. They could just be causing all kinds of things, whether it's keto or any other way of eating to not work for you. But um, but anyway, this particular friend of mine, uh, we did some uh, immune and allergy testing on her and we tested her specifically against dandelion root. Now, the test that we used on her that I performed on her is a functional evaluation test so you would actually have to have a registered nutritional therapy practitioner in order to do this specific test um, but we we did uh, test her points and uh, then administered the dandelion root to her and then we retested the points and those particular points um, became hot they showed that she had a sensitivity to that specific um, substance so uh, the good news is is that she learned that so um, so she definitively learned that dandelion root isn't good for her uh, in this particular instance and that could change down the road uh, the good things the good thing about food sensitivities is that uh, or any sensitivity to any substance is that you can actually um, you can actually get over that. Um, you can you she could reintroduce dandelion root down the road and it may be just fine for her. But for right now, there are other things in her body that she is going to need to work on potentially healing before her body and her immune system will be uh, able to accept the dandelion root. And um, so she's going to continue to work toward that. And uh, hopefully that'll be fine. But but it's interesting because she had noticed that when she was when she would have tea, um, you know, her dandy blend tea, she would um, she started noticing that she didn't feel right. And it took a little while for this to happen. I believe that what she explained was that it was kind of a buildup over time or that she could have it one day. But then if she had it two or three days in a row, she would start experiencing these these specific symptoms. And really what it comes down to is they are an immune or an, uh, you know, that's an immune reaction. Um, she was having this immune reaction to the dandelion root. So, um, so anyway, so to get, get on with uh, what, what I want to talk to you guys about today specifically is I wanted to work with you guys or talk to you guys a little bit specifically today about how, we can, how you can test and how you can kind of figure out if there are certain things that are causing you issues or problems. So we've all heard of the keto flu and we've talked about that here on this podcast before. And one of the things that I think um, can happen is I often, well, I'll have people that are reach out to me and say, man, I, you know, I've been keto for three months and 
Um, and I think that I am going through the keto flu because I'm having headaches and I'm getting muscle cramps and I have the skin irritation and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I'll say, well, um, definitely shouldn't be the keto flu because the keto flu is something that you should be experiencing in the first few days of of the changeover and and to being ketogenic okay this that is that is what is happening as your body is depleting itself of of water basically and i have talked about the specifics behind how this works and why uh dropping insulin levels cause your kidneys to excrete um all of this extra water and why and how glucose molecules are encased in fluid and now you don't have all of that glucose and glycogen anymore and so now you're also depleting that fluid and how important it is to re um to just basically remineralize yourself and you really need to get those electrolytes um, back in balance and how important it is to rehydrate your body and drink lots of water. And so I've already been over those, all of those things in this podcast several times. So we're not going to go into that right now. Um, But what I do want to talk about and I do want to focus on is that if you are experiencing the keto flu-like symptoms or you're experiencing things that are not pleasant and you're not feeling good and, and things seem to be happening, there are many reasons that could be happening and I always go back to digestion, always, always, always which actually is no different when we're talking about these immune and allergy responses. Um, So, you know, always at the root of any of these types of things happening is a foundational system like your digestion. Your, you know, digestion is absolutely foundational to your your overall health and well-being. And that is certainly true when you're attempting to... um, have a keto lifestyle when you're you're eating proteins and fats that may be a bit more work for your digestive system than you know these pre-packaged, um, processed, broken down, you know nutritionally void sources of food that perhaps you were eating before on a standard American diet or even coming from another diet that's higher carb. Carbohydrates are easier for your body to break down than protein and fats. So um, so if you're having these types of reactions, if you're having these things that, that you're like, man, I just don't feel good and I think it's the keto flu and I think that it's, um, you know, that that's what it is, a lot of the things that are listed as keto flu symptoms and that a lot of people experience are also um, they're also signs that you're that you may have a histamine intolerance or that you have some type of an immune reaction to to different substances and specifically what you're eating. So a lot of those signs and symptoms are like um, anxiety or nausea, vomiting, um, flushing of the face. So if if you eat things and you get like the red flushing, um, those types of things, the congestion. We talked about nasal congestion. Dip, um, you know, like the sneezing. Um, hives, of course, or any other type of skin irritation or rash, um, swelling, of course, um, just fatigue, overall fatigue, um, difficulty regulating your body temperature. That is another sign. Of course, we talked about headaches uh, like migraines or even just tension headaches in general. 
Um, if you have vertigo, you know, I hear people talking about vertigo or dizziness. That's a big one, guys. Um, you know, you could definitely have a level of toxicity and could be causing, you know, you could have these immune reactions caused by something that you're eating. Um, and then women with abnormal menstrual cycles. Um, I see this a lot that if you're having this, um, these big, if you're having this constant histamine response all the time um, due to something that you're eating that you're bringing into your body and you're not paying attention, attention to what's going on, you could really have this histamine intolerance, this issue. You know, once our histamine is formed, it has to be stored or broken down and we have an enzyme in our body that does that. Um, so if it's not broken down and it can be broken down in a couple of different areas and one of the other one of the areas is in your digestive tract um, and that's actually the most common place for you to be deficient in the specific enzyme that breaks down histamine. So if you're having a hard time breaking that histamine down and yet you're because you're continuing to have this histamine response constantly because you're constantly triggering it, then it can lead to all these crazy things. And believe it or not, just as a side note, these histamine blockers that are supposed to help prevent histamine, they actually can add to the issues that you have with this histamine response because they deplete the enzyme levels that are in your body that break down the histamine. So this is why it is so important that we are really looking at the root cause of what's going on in our bodies and trying to um, treat the systems that need the support and need the help rather than using band-aids uh, like medications because medications can cause all kinds of other issues. Um, it not just because not only there are numerous medications that cause the breakdown of these enzymes that help you manage your histamine. Um, and some of them are super uh, common medications that many of us are on, like antidepressants. If you're on antidepressants like Prozac and Zoloft, some of those, um, they, they lead to depleted levels of this enzyme in your body. Um, the NSAIDs, I've talked to you guys about the non-steroid or anti-inflammatory drugs, um, like ibuprofen and aspirin. Um, these affect your, affect your prostaglandin pathways. These also deplete those enzymes that help you break down, um, Histamine, and then we've talked. I've talked about on this show before about uh, your um, uh, about your acid blockers, right? We've talked about those those proton pump inhib inhibitors. Those are like the Pepsid and the Zantac and those types of things. Those also deplete the levels of enzyme in your body that you need to help you break down this histamine once your body's done done using it. There are others, um, but those are just the ones to give you guys an idea. So um, so there are things that you can do that if you are having issues with immune reactions, if you're having skin issues, you're having lots of headaches, maybe you're having... Um, uh, maybe you're stuck at like this plateau and you're just trying to figure out why in the world does keto work for everybody else and I seem to be stuck here and not going anywhere. It could be as simple as something that you're eating that your body either isn't able to break down or hasn't been breaking down properly. Um, and so it has managed to begin causing an immune response in your body 
or it could just be um, a substance or, or a food that, uh, that you're having some other type of uh, sensitivity or reaction to. And oftentimes just removing this particular food for a while, um, I would say three months probably is a good place to start, but up to maybe six months. And then you could try reintroducing it and see if your symptoms come back. But oftentimes when it's a sensitivity to something, you can remove that for a while, allow your body to heal and uh, to basically get past that immune response that it was having to that specific food. And then you will be able to go back to having that food once those antibodies have, um, you know, have been depleted and gone away. So um, let me give you a couple of ideas for um, ways that you can actually test this. So um, in our training as NTPs, we learn several ways of testing the body and many, many hands-on ways that we can test our bodies and uh, kind of look for um look for symptoms and signs of, of systems that need help. And one of the systems that we're able to test is immune and allergy. So I want to real quickly just, just explain that the difference between a sensitivity, a food sensitivity, and a food allergy is that to have a true allergy to a food, you need the food actually needs to be a protein. So um, you that's the definition of having a true food allergy. So, and there are um, tests for food allergies that you can figure out if you, you know, have a specific um, uh, allergic response to a food. And I would say if you do any of this in-home or at-home testing on your own and you discover that there is a, uh, a food specifically a protein that you are having issues with, that it would probably be beneficial to you to go see your doctor and have them give you some food allergy tests. They can do that through blood testing and um, be able to tell you, uh, you know, if you actually do have a true allergy or not. Um, so if you if you are curious about sensitivities and you're thinking, you know, I, I really do think that maybe every time I eat this specific food, I'm having a reaction, but it's very difficult to figure that out for sure, then I'm going to give you some ideas on some ways you can do that today. So the first one I want to talk to you about is called the Sanchez Cuenca testing. And what this helps you screen look for basically is you can screen for allergic tension in your body. And the way we do that is if you will um, take your pulse while you're sitting. Now to take your pulse, you can find your pulse. Uh, the way I like to do it is I like to use my pointer finger and my middle finger. So I will put those two fingers together and you can hold your arm out, hold, uh, wrist up, and you can um, about the, um, trying to think about how far I go for mine, um, kind of off to the side a little bit, um, maybe a little bit, probably a little bit right of center of my wrist, and then down maybe an inch from where my wrist connects to, you know, from my wrist where it connects to my hand. Um, and I like to, that's an easy place for me to find my pulse. Now I will push down uh, with some pressure and then let up a little bit. And when I let up a little bit, I generally then can feel my heartbeat. I can feel my pulse there. So that's how I like to do it. So you can practice this, and um, the more you practice finding your pulse and finding pulse on other people's uh, wrists, the better you're gonna get at it. Another really uh, good, kind of an easy place to find your pulse 
is um, at your carotid or, uh, artery in your neck. So if you go up on, um, let's see, I'm trying to do this on myself while not looking in the mirror <laughs> to tell you. Um, but basically, if you follow from behind your ear and then kind of along your jawline, and I come down and right in front of kind of the more prominent muscle um, on the side of my neck. And again, I'm using the two fingers that I use to get the pulse on my wrist. I'm using the same two, my pointer and my middle finger. And then I come down um, probably about an inch off of my jawline and then I can very easily feel uh, my pulse right there. So you could do it there as well. Um, so for this particular, for the Sanchez Cuenca um, uh, allergic tension testing, what you want to do is sit and take your pulse for a full minute while you're sitting. Okay. So in order to do this, when you're doing it on yourself, um, when you're doing it with a client, I typically would use a second hand on a watch. But if you're doing it by yourself, it's difficult to count your pulse and watch that second hand. At least sometimes I find it difficult um, because I want to start counting along with the second hand. But if you can do that, if you can find, you know, wait till it gets, you know, and to a specific spot, and then you can just easily count while you're waiting on it to get back around for one full minute. That's fine. Another great way to do it is you can, um, if you have a, a smartphone, of course, you can use the one minute timer on the smartphone. And I find that easy to do when I'm doing it for myself, um, because I can just concentrate on the pulse and then you know, stop counting when the alarm goes off. So that works really well. So you want to take that for one full minute and then write that down. Write down what your pulse sitting was for one full minute. And then you're going to wait. You're going to stand up and then you're going to wait about 15 to 30 seconds. And then you're going to take a second full one minute pulse. And what you're looking for is you're going to compare those two. And what you're looking for is a rise of your pulse rate by six beats or more per minute. And if that happens, then that indicates that you have allergic tension going on. So um, you have something going on. So that kind of gives you a good place to start. So the, the next thing that I would then do, if you know that you have some allergic tension going on in your body, um, you may have an idea of what foods are potentially causing that for you. Because often, you know, we'll eat something. And, and it's harder when you're coming from like a standard American diet because first of all, you're probably eating a lot of prepackaged foods. And so there are so many ingredients in those foods and so many different uh, aspects to your diet that A, you probably are gonna have a really difficult time uh, putting two and two together and figuring out what specific ingredient could be causing that issue. And number two, like I said before, we often live in such a, a fog and such a haze when we're eating that way that it's often, we often don't even realize that we're struggling with certain issues. So once you've moved to like a ketogenic diet, these things seem to just stand out like a sore thumb. So if you've noticed that you um, like my my friend that I was telling you about, if you know she was drinking the dandelion tea and she would have one cup of it and not necessarily have an issue, but she would notice that maybe after she drank it on the second, third, or fourth day, 
she seemed to not be feeling so great and she would have some of these types of issues like maybe a headache starting or some some tension or um, some mood swings things like that so if you're um, noticing those types of things then those are the foods to start out with so um, maybe you've noticed that when you have some uh, some when you have coffee um, you could even think, you know, man, when I have coffee, I'm having, I, I feel like maybe I'm having these mood swings and maybe I'm having these issues. Or it could be chocolate, or maybe it's a specific fruit or a specific vegetable. Um, so in nuts, nuts are very common ones. So I think that's a really good one to test against. Um, you could test against uh, sea vegetables. Uh, you could test against seafood. Um, you, my husband has a, has a, a, a food sensitivity to scallops and shrimp of all things. So, um, so yeah, so I would just, you could do any of those things. So what you're going to do for this procedure, and this is called the Cocos Pulse Test, and you can get information about this online. I mean, this is not, it's not like in, you know, NTPs or NTAs or NTCs. We're not the only organization that uses this testing um, by any means. So you can certainly get information about this online. But so what you're going to do, it takes about two and a half minutes uh, to, to test a particular food or supplement. You can also test supplements against this. So if you're taking a certain supplement or even a certain medication, you can test these. Now, I want to preface this by saying I am in no way, shape, or form am I suggesting to you that you test your medication, find out that it you're having a sensitivity to it, and then discontinue medication. Absolutely not. If you find that you are having a sensitivity to a medication that you are taking or a supplement that you are taking, I would suggest that working with your healthcare provider and your doctor is how you determine if perhaps, you know, I would go to them with the information and say, hey, I did this self-test at home and I believe I'm having uh, a sensitivity to this that is causing an immune response and could we test this further? Could we look into this further? Um, so I definitely wanna preface that by saying that if you discover that you are having any kind of reaction to any medication or supplement that your doctor has you on, I would definitely have a conversation with that doctor prior to stopping anything. Um, so basically what you're going to do to start this process is you're going to have a seat and take a deep breath and relax. Just, you know, make sure you're in a very relaxed state and you are, um, you know, you're not running around, not doing anything crazy. Your heart your heart rate is um, very normal and nice. So you're first you're gonna establish your baseline pulse. So you're gonna count your heartbeat for one full minute again, and then you're gonna record that. So I would suggest that you sit down with a piece of paper and that you're able to uh, write all of this down as you go. So record your pulse, uh, it, you know, your baseline pulse. Then take the sample food or supplement or medication, whatever it is that you're testing, and Put it in your mouth on your tongue. So if it's food or a supplement, you can you can chew it if you want. You can break the supplement open in your mouth, but do not swallow the food. Okay, hold it in your mouth. So let's say that you're doing this with strawberries. Maybe you've noticed that, which I did this with my daughter. Um, I had one daughter that every time she ate strawberries, I noticed she would become very very flush. So um, if you hold the strawberry in your mouth. For approximately 30 seconds. So um, 
you you just need to taste it for 30 seconds, okay? So you're just holding it in there so you taste it. Um, so what is happening is you have um, signals in your mouth that are literally informing your central nervous system and your brain as to the nature of whatever is in your mouth, whether that's a food or a supplement or a or medication. And if that is stressful to your body, you're going to have a quick reaction to that that is going to cause your heart to beat faster. So remember how I said when you have a sensitivity, you have a response to something, this causes your, um, your, uh, your, now I can't even, your circulatory system, thank you, can't even think, uh, to, to, uh, to expand, to open up, right? Uh, it's going to dilate um, so that this white blood, these white blood cells can travel faster through your bloodstream. So that is going to, your heart's going to speed up. You're going to get a faster heartbeat if that happens. So after holding that in your mouth for uh, 30 seconds, you're going to retake your pulse with that food or that supplement still in your mouth. And you're going to do that for one minute again, and then you're going to write down your after pulse. Now, um, definitely do it for the full minute. Don't don't just do it for 15 seconds and then just think, well, I'll just multiply that by four. You actually want to do it for the full minute. Count the beats for the full minute. That's how you're going to get an accurate assessment. And then if you have an increase of six or more, it's considered to be a stressful reaction. Now, you also can have the opposite reaction of this. You could have your heart rate go down six beats per minute, and that is also indicative of a problem, that you're having an issue. It's just that your system is not responding uh, really the proper way. You're not having the proper immune response to this, um, but, but having your heart rate decrease by more than six beats a minute is also um, a result of some type of reaction you are having to this food. Um, so that's what you want to do. After you're done with that specific um, item, that specific food, then you're going to get rid of that. So take it out of your mouth. Don't swallow it. Throw it out. Um, and then go ahead and you can rinse your mouth out. And then you're going to repeat the procedure with another food. And you can do this as um, as many times as you want. And just wait two minutes in between uh, testing to see if your pulse has returned to your baseline pulse. So you, you, know, you just want to make sure if, if your pulse is you know, 85 beats a minute, then you just want to make sure that you're consistently getting back to pretty close to that, that 85 beats per minute or whatever yours is. It can be 70. It can be, you know, whatever, whatever yours is. So, um, figure that out. Then you can test the next food and you can do each one the same way. And then you just rinse your mouth out with some filtered water, some purified water in between, spit that out and then test the next one. So this is a really simple at home way to test and see if you are having sensitivities to specific foods. So like I said, you can you can go further with this. Uh, you could go and have some uh, testing done if you would like. You can There's stool tests you can do. There's blood tests you can do um, that, that, uh, that you could work with a, a naturopath or you could work with your conventional um, you know, allopathic doctor to help you determine um, you know, if you have an, an allergy or if you're having just a sensitivity to something, 
um, all those types of things. Or you could just simply do this test at home and then just work on avoiding those foods. You know, leave that food out for, if you find that strawberries are causing a reaction for you and you just love strawberries and you've been eating them and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I've been eating strawberries every day for you know, four years and I'm just now finding out that I'm having this reaction to these strawberries, take the strawberries out of your diet for a while. See if any of the symptoms that you're having subside. So if it's weight gain or if you're having, um, you know, some of these issues that I talked to you about or you were feeling like you're in this keto flu or keto is not working for you or whatever the case is, take those, take that food out. See if those resolve. Um, if it does, like I said, wait three to six months, and then try reintroducing that food. You can do this exact same test again and see if perhaps you're still having a reaction to it. And if you're not, then you may very well be able to reintroduce that food. I wouldn't suggest reintroducing that food every day from then on. Um, I would definitely learn from this and realize that there may be something about that food or something about your body and your biochemistry that is not good for you to have that food as often as you were having it. So um, maybe you need to have strawberries if strawberries happen to be the thing that is causing a sensitivity for you. Maybe you need to have strawberries once a week and you can enjoy them that way. And maybe having them once a week will not cause you a problem at all. So, um, so this is just one easy way. And there's a lot of diets out there and, and talk out there about these elimination diets that you can do. And that's totally fine as well. You could certainly eliminate foods and you know, entire foods and food groups like dairy or gluten or you know all these different things that you can eliminate um, for periods of time, you know, one week, two weeks, and, and see if you have any of these reactions uh, or see if you have reactions when you add the things back in. I mean, that's definitely one way to go about it. I just think this is a much easier, much more definitive way. And then you don't have to go through all of that elimination of things that may not be causing you any, any issues. Um, so hopefully this kind of gives you an idea of some things that you can do and a way that you can um, kind of see if how this works for you and, and see if there are some, some foods that are causing you issues. And, and don't think that if a food's causing you issues, it's a bad food. It's, it's just a, an issue that your body is having. And once you've found that you have foods that are causing you sensitivities, I think it's really super important to then work with a professional like a nutritional therapy practitioner or maybe a naturopathic doctor or functional medicine doctor, um, some kind of a nutritional coach. Work with someone that can then work you through healing your body so that these issues are, don't come up for you again in the future. So for instance, with having a lot of these immune responses, um, you know, they're, they're foundationally, they are starting in your digestion. So it can just be that your body is not properly breaking down um, other substances and you're eating these particular foods with those other substances, perhaps, and you could have leaky gut. And so your body is uh, is recognizing these otherwise benign foods as as an attack, as a, as an immune attack, and so it's it's launching an immune response in regard and you know uh, because of that, 
and uh, your body has built up antibodies. So every time you eat a strawberry, your body thinks that you have a foreign invader in there that is going to do you damage. So it, you know, releases the troops uh, to attack this foreign invader. So, um, so anyway, I hope that really, I hope that helped you guys. I hope that gave you some ideas for some uh, ways that you can, uh, you know, just another tool that you can use to kind of try to navigate the, you know, your, your, your health and your wellness and kind of figure out if maybe nutrition, uh, uh, if this, um, keto lifestyle for you is really not working well because it's based on this nutritional aspect, this immune response that you're having. Um, It's definitely one piece of the puzzle and could potentially unlock all kinds of great results for you. Um, So I hope that that was helpful, guys, and I hope that you'll tune in next week. I've got some really great uh, guests lined up that hopefully will be coming on here in the coming weeks. Now that I've got uh, my school behind me and I'm able to now focus on really getting back to work, I'm going to be offering some great programs on my website. I'm going to do a big revamping of the website. I will have some programs you can sign up for on there. I will have some freebies on there that you'll be able to get, some classes you can sign up for that you can just do at your leisure. Um, I'm doing a lot more speaking engagements now, so I have um, I will be posting some of those on my website as well as those are coming closer. I know I'm traveling in um, July, I believe, uh, maybe August as well. Uh, But I've got um, Des Moines, Iowa. I will be traveling there for a speaking engagement. I've got one uh, coming up here soon in Columbus, Ohio. I've also got one booked in one or two in Salt Lake City area, Salt Lake City, Utah. So I'll have some uh, speaking engagements coming up around the country. And for those that, for those uh, engagements that I would be able to um, have you come, if you wanted to meet me and you wanted to sit in on on one of my seminars, then I will post those on the website and let you know which ones are available to the public. And most of those are free. So I'm happy to, I would love to meet you guys. If you're, you know, listeners here on the podcast and want to meet in person, that would be great. I absolutely love getting to meet you all. So I'll keep uh, those things coming on the website so you can, you know, kind of stay abreast of what I'm doing and what's going on in my life as as uh, we're kind of changing things up here, I do um, I do a lot, focus a lot on the corporate uh, wellness uh, events and seminars and teachings and things like that. So uh, that's kind of the the focus that I do a lot right now. I I am still doing one on one coaching, but I am still on a wait list for that, and that wait list is just continuing to grow and grow. Um, I apologize for that, guys, but you know what I do when I work with clients is really um, you know it's it's involved. And I um, just can only take on so many at a time. And um, some clients are more intense than others. I mean, like like in anything in life, I often have people that will sign up uh, as coaching clients and they really don't take full advantage of the program and, and I don't hear a lot from them or, um, you know, they're not um, kind of, you know, they're not uh, real consistent with, with that. And, um, and that, but unfortunately, um, I, not unfortunately, I don't mean it to sound that way, but I, but then in addition to, to clients that may, uh, use coaching that way, I then have 
just as many or more that are very involved in the coaching process and they you know they are sending me texts and emails every day and they they are really um very focused on the coaching and they really want to get the most out of the package that they have um, established with me so I I have to keep my numbers low so low I mean it's all relative right but I have to keep them in line with what I feel like I can handle so if by chance every client I was working with at once decided to really um, become very focused on their nutritional goals and lifestyle goals then I would have the ability to service all of them so uh, so because of that I need to keep my uh, you know my my client load at a at a certain amount, and um, so when those uh, when when packages begin to come up and people are not renewing them, then I will one client at a time begin to bring on new uh, clients. So if you're interested in coaching one on one, please do feel free to send me an email letting me know that, and I will add you to the list. I am also beginning to catch up on all of the messages that come in. I have a ton of messages through social media and through my website and through email that do come in to me, and I um, I understand. I know they pile up. I, I get very behind because I get so many of them that it's very difficult for me to keep up with all of them, and especially if you're asking specific um, health or dietary recommendations, I often am I just cannot answer specific things. Um, and it takes a really long time to get through a lot of those um, emails and to even be able to respond, uh, a, even a, a simple response. So um, so hang in there with me, guys, and just know that, that I appreciate you very much. And I do try my very best to personally answer every message that I get in. So even if it takes a while, um, I do try to do that. And I do try to get back to each and every one of you. Um, I know that you took your time time out of your day and out of your busy schedule to reach out to me. And I, I do want to honor that. And I do appreciate you. So thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode. And, and hey, I was actually interviewed this morning by uh, Trent Holbert of the Fit for the Kingdom podcast. So if you have not listened to his podcast or listen, you don't know who Trent is, I highly recommend that you tune into that podcast um, and start listening to him. But I believe the episode we recorded was episode number 64. So he is interviewing me for on that for episode 64. I believe that is live today. So I think you can go on and listen to that as well. So uh, that's Jessica Ty twice in one day. <laughs> Might be a little too much for you. Maybe you want to space it out. Um, so anyway, that's all I have for you guys today. And um, you, you know what? Actually, before I go, I, I need, it's so hard to keep all these thoughts straight. I want, um, I did want to um, share with you uh, li- some listener feedback that I got that was absolutely so touching to me. And hopefully I will not cry when reading this message to you. But again, I want to let you guys know, and I know I've told you this before, and it I just want you to know how true it is that I really, really treasure these messages that you send me. I treasure the feedback that you give me. Um, especially when it's something this positive and it really impacts me and and my work. And so this this specific listener um, submitted this through my website and um, she says, 
Uh, I'm only on episode 16. My husband and I have been living the keto lifestyle for almost a year and will continue until the end of life. Uh, We live in Ontario and are both retired and discovered the ketogenic life when my husband was diagnosed with high cholesterol. Doctor immediately wanted to put him on meds. We are not med people, so we tried the dietitian with no real results. I had heard about keto, so we investigated. The results are remarkable. In three months, we both lost considerable weight, although we didn't consider ourselves overweight before. My husband's good cholesterol went way up and the bad went way down. My arthritis symptoms have disappeared and I went off my hormone replacement therapy and have no menopausal symptoms. My husband has also been taking heartburn pills for about 15 years. Yes, years. So in the near future, we will be looking at getting his gut health rectified. We also um, have a large garden and have changed what we grow to sustain our keto lifestyle. I recently got hens for eggs. I'm a yoga instructor, and both my husband and I teach martial arts. Um, And then I'm going to pass through some of this um, on here. But then uh, she says, just when I thought I was knowledgeable, you teach me more. I also do doTERRA oils, essential oils, and make my own personal care products. I will be making your hand sanitizer, though. We are very interested in the infrared sauna, and we'll be doing some research on that, too. So no questions, just thanks. You are amazing. So when I read this message last night, I cried (laughs) Um, reading it. I mean, that is exactly why I do what I'm doing. And I know it's why most of us podcasters um, in this health and wellness sphere do what we're doing. It is to impact the lives of people that I would otherwise not be able to touch. So thank you again for that message, Brenda. I really appreciate you taking the time to write that to me and to reach out and, um, and, and let me know um, how my podcast is helping you. All right, guys, I hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at That Keto Blonde. I'm on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jessica Thai Nutrition. And you can also fin- friend me, send me a friend request for my personal page. I will approve those. And um, I think that's about it. So have a great week, guys. And I look forward to talking with you all next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 